Previously on Unpacked, we introduced you to Tolang Mutsumi and Sugezi Mogezi, two fascinating and empowering stories of two very different trans women. Let's continue to unpack. To somebody sitting at home, they might think, oh, it's two transgender people sitting, you know, having this conversation. But your stories are actually so completely different. The fact that you felt, you know, you don't want this name, you don't mm. identify. Mm. And, you know, it's uh, for just from the way that you speak, we can hear you're quite an activist in your journey. It's a, and it's important that you translate certain messaging regarding the community. Now, it's so difficult and I'm not going to speak for myself. I'm going to try and keep it for the general. I, I am a reader. I, I'm interested in content. So I think I'm a bit more advanced than most people in terms of the subject matter. How do you explain to Ngono who this concept just does not make sense? respectfully to them, where the intention is not to hurt, to harm, or to ostracize, it possibly might be fear of, I can't comprehend that you're this. And now, not yeah. only may you be choosing a, a, a gender that how, but doesn't it just mean you're gay? Doesn't it mean you're drag? Doesn't it mean, you understand what I'm, I'm, I'm saying? So how do we go to those Can't basic levels to explain a concept that is so complex and layered? I mean, um, I, I'm still going to take us back to language, Auswaka. Um, I don't know if you remember, because you are an absolute avid reader. Um, this must fall, right? Remember when we took to the streets and we fought for an avid equality, free education for all sexes and, and, and you know, um, identities within the space, right? That was us literally going to the streets to say that can also language and can also bodies that are different in the space be included mm. because we were constantly demonized from the space. We were constantly segregated from the space. There was a heterosexual face mask fall versus a queer transgender non-binary face mask fall, which on its own created so much sanctions ar around the community. Right. So hence, it's important to create a language. I think going to understanding that the, if the space itself is a safe space for me to engage, for me to educate, for me to share my lived experience with someone, then it's something that I could really like, you know, engage and allow myself. Because problem is that we want to teach people, but we want to also make teaching become valuable even in violent spaces. I think don't send a trans person to a space that you know that their body is going to be vulnerabilized, is going to be invisibilized, and is further going to might even encounter like you know um, um you know like physical violation, right, or transphobic violence, right. Send them to that old parent umurori. Mm. 
because problem about rona I always have conversations with my body and I, I ask Corey, so kids, what would happen if the world as a community, as, as a population, we do not have eyes? Would we still encounter rape and rape culture? Mm. Would we still rape, would we still encounter transphobia, sexism, misogyny? Would we? Because I really don't think we would, but because of how we've been conditioned from a hetero patriarchal system, now the work for us is extremely hard mm -hmm. because just for me to go to a typical rural Bukoni Bupirima and sit a 70-year-old Omama, I can't do that mm. because the space itself has always been so invisibilizing and because language was never in construction and in favor of me. Tolong, do you, do you resonate with what she is saying? Mm. And, and I, I think I'm getting to understand it a little bit more, the power of, of language. And it's also, you know, even for me to walk into the conversation, to ask if you don't know if a person identifies as he or she, you know, people are learning these pronouns of what to use. And sometimes even I will hear the term, the pronoun they, and I'll also feel like, isn't that also offensive? Because they mm. almost sounds like, ah, you know, you don't conform. So yeah, it's yeah, such yeah, a sensitive thing. I don't know, Tolong, yeah. what do you think about the issue of language, Jorge, even in your home language, finding the vocabulary makes it 10 times harder. Now we have this English language and we're still like, the two of you as two transgender individuals can walk into a room and also possibly offend each other. Mm. If I'm making sense. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I mean, I'm, I'm thinking... It rap. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I felt like you said you took the truth of us out of my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, so, I mean, I, I mean, now I was just going to say that I think understanding representation, understanding mm. that as, you know, our womanhood, as, as, as Tulang and as a Seokezi and as Erile Buhide, that our womanhood, inter, you know, like, um, exists at an intersection. You know, like, understanding that my body will not be able to be visible if it does not exist at a class, at a sex, at a gender, at a gender identity, at an age, at an ethno-minority perspective, right? And understanding that me as a, and Tulang are two different people. Mm. And because people have, an, have, have, have this, you know, this absurd mentality that, you know, um, all trans people are the same. We are all Janet Mark. We are all living cocks. Mm. We are all um, Caitlyn Jen. Wait, no, what no, is no, living no. cocks? Please we explain. About She's black. Wait, living cocks? I'm so confused. Okay, I you said we are. You said people assume that as transgender individuals, they think you're all living cocks. What are the other things you said? Um, Caitlyn Jenner. Oh, Caitlyn um, Jenner. Okay, okay. Yes, yes. Yeah. So th they um, look but, at the one but story. That, but that, yeah. As they reference point, yeah. and it's like, okay, we understand this one, Latuan. Yeah. But but also, like, just to, add, to allude to what you're saying, Osaka, even like with what's happening right now with, with me and Tulang, like how there's the expectation of there's a certain kind of um, looking or passing, because we're calling, mm -hmm. we call it passing privilege. There's a certain kind of passing privilege and, and pretty privilege that has to have within the trans community and which is which i extremely find problematic and extremely like policing and moralistic because the fact that 
we don't see womanhood differently and we don't treat it differently. And the fact that you are not able to understand that there's a Tolang and there's a Sio Oketsi and treat those two individuals differently is extremely something that we really need to look into. Because right now, we are being compared to the United States trans woman population. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's meaning, that means that now our narrative is being misrepresented because not only is the narrative being erased, but now we're being told that as a black trans African, Southern African Motswana, trans woman, I can't exist without really looking a particular way, without like, you know, mm -hmm. I'm applying a certain aesthetic to my transness, mm. right? If I don't wear a weave, a long weave, if I don't wear my afro correctly, mm. if I don't wear cheese top, then I don't pass. I don't have passing privilege. So, so can if I, can I, I ask an important way, question no then that some people might be thinking, right? You know, in our discussion in Tulang, she kept saying, I am a woman, I am a woman, right? But at the same time, yeah. you still will identify with being trans woman. Mm -hmm. So how do you respond yes. to the person who says how? If you're a woman, why not just be a woman? Why must you push the trans part? Because you're saying, mm. I'm a woman. But you're also, com you're also telling me, let's yeah. assume, I didn't know what you were born as. Now oh, you're okay. telling me you're a trans woman. Is, is there conflict there in you saying, I'm a woman, but I'm also a trans woman? You want to be accepted be a, as a woman? Bo both of you. Because okay. you, you, you're saying you feel like yes. a woman, you are a woman, yet you're also communicating, but I was born a man. Yeah. You know? My narrative, like my side of the story of saying I'm a trans woman, is my side of the story of mm. telling you the truth mm. that I might not be the woman that mm. you are. You were naturally born a woman mm. and I was assigned differently at birth. That's mm. why I'm now a woman. Mm. That's just to laid on thick that mm. I was not born a woman. Because I have a privilege as a woman that you don't have. Yes. I didn't have to go through hormone treatment. I didn't have to go through confusing the anything. The, matter, the yes. gender I was assigned is what I felt and I fit into the norm of also being yeah. attracted to men. And at me saying I'm a woman, it emphasizes that I'm this person that you see now that has transformed into a woman and now I'm really a woman. Even mm. though a trans woman, mm. I am a woman. And what, what are your thoughts, uh, Seo Power? <laughs> um, I mean, absolutely. Um, I allude with both of you. I absolutely share similar sentiments. I think it speaks to representation. It brings us back to representation as, as to how the world has always been understanding of womanhood. And, and, and because of that, heteronorm heteronormative language has always created a lot of work and necessary work for us. Because now, I can't just be a trans woman without boots. I can't just be a trans woman not on hormones, not going for hormonal replacement therapy. I can't just be a trans woman without um, like going for gender constructive surgery. Or I can't just be a trans woman with my athletic body, right? Because there's just so much um, representation that people think mm. transness and womanhood is a performativity. And, and understanding that as a woman, as, as, as a as trans woman and as a woman, some, some of us, we go through what we call a personal is a political journey. I'm going through what I call personal is political because personally, I identify as a woman. Politically, I identify as a trans woman mm. because that is extremely important for me to recreate and, and learn and relearn language that is going to be you know, representing of me positively, politically, influentially, 
for someone that is going to be going through what I'll be going through in the coming five years, in the coming 10 years, and maybe really, really understanding that the work that we did was important and that it was love work and that it reimagined re womanhood and it represented variousness and allowed us to, to maybe, maybe to even really like get a glimpse of what real life freedom looks like. So um, I, yeah, I want so, to touch on something you mentioned about pretty privilege. You know, uh, I'm fully aware of this whole thing of, yeah, but yellow bone, but this, this. But I, I'm so fascinated yeah. by, you mentioned the pretty privilege, you know, and you both are beautiful women. I acknowledge you're beautiful. Are you not then adding so to that layer of, and it's not to say don't acknowledge someone's beauty, but is, are you in any way saying that, okay, maybe if somebody who you didn't think was beautiful was sitting here, having the same conversation, then that layer of pretty privilege would be removed, if you understand what I'm saying. So it's easy if a Tolang walks mm. into a room, long hair, beautiful, and everyone's like, you, are oh, you're so beautiful, right? That it's like, oh, you're a woman. So let's say Tolang is at the start of her journey, no long hair, no certain features saying I'm a trans mm. woman. The conversation would be a little bit different to what it is right now. So in, in some ways, I'm also saying, Absolutely. is there any way that the LGBTIQ plus community itself is not diluting, but contradicting a messaging that we as people outside the community are also trying to learn? I don't know if I'm making sense with how I'm framing the question. <laughs> I don't know, what, what, what do you mm. think, Tolang, on your side? Because it's that thing of, if, you know, obviously the emphasis is on femininity and mm. femininity will mm. be linked to beauty in Can some I answer way. You? Or, yes. It's all on how you feel, mm. how you identify yourself, mm. you are who you say you are. To me, it's, it's always been a challenge within the LGBTI. Even the LGBTIs, we, 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 we are judgmental towards each other. Yeah. We, are, we are so, <laughs> yeah. we, we say the That's, better things yeah. about each other. We think the worst of each other. Mm. And there's this thing of labeling. I feel like it should be prohibited. You are mm. not supposed to label a person unless the person comes to you, tells you, I'm this thing mm. that I am. Mm. And then when I, you just have to accept them the way they are. Mm. That's just my take. No, because I get confused. I mean, mm. I've engaged in forums where um, I know I had a conversation with Sade Gilberti who was saying mm. to me, the problem is that the LGBTIQ plus community says, look at us, give us space, show us, make us represented in media. But the community itself can't even agree on basic things. But at the same time, maybe that's unfair. You can't expect a gay man to have the same agenda and story as a lesbian woman or a bisexual person. Like we've now grouped everybody into this category that even pedophiles want to be included in, that even incestuals want to be included in. So how do we resolve that part? Because if we outside are struggling, I, I don't even know how things are going inside. Imuri. <laughs> Okay, 
We the trans warrior women, Radin. Okay, now Rakalokai, now Rapakulahab. You mentioned pretty privilege. I'm like, how? Now we're mentioning pretty privilege, but you're both beautiful. Mm. What would have happened if you were not at this place looking the way? How would this conversation be? You understand what I mean? So, Rapakulla. I mean, so, I mean, I think understanding that as, 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 as the queer and trans, let me specifically say as the trans community, understanding that we are a community, we are people, we are different, we have different identities, we have different, you know, um, ways of thinking, ways of expression, ways of eating, the way heterosexual people have, right? And what this, they, they all have like differentness amongst themselves. But one thing that we don't realize as a people is that we are so different yet so similar. Because what happens in the queer community is most likely to happen in the heterosexual community. And it's on top of that, it's most likely to start from the heterosexual community. Understanding that everything's a circle, everything is a hierarchy, everything consists or exists at an intersection, right? I was like, a, like identity um, politics is something that it derives from heterosexuality before you people before there were even like multiple identities or visibility that mm. we see like happening um right now in society it all began there right and then there was formation of multiple of identities that was be, that was being established throughout history democratically speaking we see that we are a nation that is still healing from a socioeconomic political oppression um, and system that is extremely against black women, black trans women, and and just black people, black population as as you know in in in, in entirety, right? So understanding that as an, as a population, we stem from a very violent past. We stem from a very, you know, um, pull her down syndrome past. We stem from a very, like, you know, um, syndrome. Mm. Because we are products of intergenerational hate. We are products of white monopoly capital culture, supremacist culture that was extremely anti-black and continues to be anti-black, anti-black women more specifically, right? And it's no surprise that you find us internalizing violence onto each other and, and and normalizing this violence because the violence itself is way bigger than us. Understanding that we are just us, we are a community, we are an identity, we are multiple identities, mm -hmm. we are a system, a system unfortunately that is not controlled by us. But by white people. So with you with know. without you know, I, I don't I don't like to oversimplify a subject matter that is actually very complex and mm. layered. I think obviously just as a starting point to just get a basic understanding. I mean, you have touched on how we got to the point that we are, that we are layers upon layers upon layers of requiring of healing and understanding and just basic tolerance on, on a human level. I want to quickly touch on media and how media represents trans people. So, mm -hmm. you know, in the case of Yutolang, you've recently on television and a lot of times, um, like you say, everybody will think Caitlyn Jenner because that's the story that mm. came out. That's our reference point. I mean, what do you feel your role is going to play um, with you sharing your story with the public mm. in, in assisting in creating a more positive narrative? People are going to be 
able to finally differentiate between a gay person and a transgender. Yes. That's always been mystifying to them. And by telling my story, I get to tell them my hardships, things that I go through as a transgender woman. Because an average person would point me from afar or from afar be like, okay, she has it easy, she's a she and she wanted to be a she. That's easy. Being a she to me has not been easy because I come across guys that are attracted to a girl mm. and I still have to come out to them. Mm. I went through so many things that women go through like I got raped. Ne? Mm. It happens to, it, it, it's something that happens to everyone. A boy, a girl and a transgender mm. woman. It has to be taken seriously mm. because I'm a transgender, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a person that this atrocity got to happen to. Mm. Uh, I get to shed light on the lives that transgender people live in order to get hormones because it's very important for a person, a transgender person to get hormones mm. and they're depriving us of hormones in public clinics, especially she because she's from you know rural areas. I'm mm. sure she comes across hardships trying to get hormones, right? You, do, do, is it easy for you to get hormones? Um, I, I just want, I just, I, I, yeah, no, 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 can I just allude to my leader like you, you know exactly you've touched a very important point in regard to like hormonal um access right because the healthcare system itself is quite problematic because um also Lebukil had spoken about it how if is it important for us to decolon decolonize decolonize a language around medicinal practices right um, um i think absolutely is extremely important because um medicinal um the medicinal, you know, practice itself or concept itself has always been extremely anti-black and anti-black woman, right? Hence, we've always seen, you know, medicinally speaking, trans women's bodies being the most objectified, but even black women's bodies being the most hyper-sexualized, right? Um, like, you know, for me, like, accessing hormones is something that's personal and political because so many black girls and so many black disempowered rural poor trans girls back at home are always like texting or also kids and are those people going to treat us with a form of respect? Are those people going to really respect our preferred gender pronoun, our preferred name, right? Mm -hmm. And because there's no space, because there's no space that is supposed to be really catering and representing of these bodies, especially in rural spaces, because I generally believe if you want content, our content givers, content providers are in the rurals, right? Mm. And understanding that we are here because of our people back at home. Or let me just say me, because I'm definitely here because of my people back at home. And understanding that when a, one, and with, when a group of black trans girls cannot access hormones because a doctor or a nurse is mm. extremely transphobic towards mm. them, it's problematic. You know, because I have, I am a survivor of a hate crime in 2017, mm. whereby there was a nurse, so there was, so it's just like a story, it's a very violent story. Mm. And I think, um, you know, the fact that I was violated for, you know, um, seeking a healthcare, um, you know, assistance from a person that was positioned in a position of power to assist a community like me right and was never really given a mandate to like treat heterosexual people and do not treat trans people mm. one thing and how you, how you from say, that mm -hmm. one thing that i want to stress on 
is the fact that I'm telling this story, it's going to make it easy for trans people out there because have you noticed how hard it is for a transgender woman to get a job? You go there with your CV, your resume, it says you're male and yeah. they look at you and they see a female. It's something that they're not accustomed to. Mm. So that makes it hard for trans women. Like with this, the, with this show that I'm doing, it educates people about people like us so it makes it easier. Mm. And you do not have to maybe explain yourself because they would already know what you're saying, you're transgender, mm. what is it that you really are? Am I making insight? And, and I also mm. don't want us to glaze over the fact that Absolutely. The, the both of you have experienced some form of hate crime. I don't want to glaze over it, you know, um, and I, I hope we can have another opportunity or platform to address those specific issues. Yes. But that's the one thing I want to touch on. Recently, I was hearing a conversation, or I think I saw it on Twitter, where a person said, a trans person does not have to come out to you, you know? Or a person who yes. is gay doesn't have to come out to you. Now, in my yeah. mind, a big source of the hate crime is that thing, why So now, mm. somebody's attracted mm -hmm. to you, mm. they are now approaching you. You have no obligation to tell them <laughs> that this is who I am, That's this is what's true. happening with my body. Now, That's true. now they find out in a way they're angry, they're offended. What are your thoughts on, because obviously violence, the hate, that is on them. Mm. But what are your thoughts on when and how should a trans person come out, so to speak? And should they? If you meet someone and you start dating, they have no idea until you are intimate, for example. I personally believe in authenticity and mm. I personally believe in telling you what I am because mm. you're this person that approached me wanting to share a life with me and it's going to be fair to you if I do not tell you what is it that's happening with me. Mm. I, can, I can still not tell you and have sex with you. You know that it's possible for a transgender woman to have sex with a man and mm. the man does not know. But I choose to be authentic. Please explain how that is because I, I need to understand and I mean, I'm sure there are people, there are people who think that you are saying it it's possible, right? It is and just to possible. confirm, yeah. you have not yet, you've only done hormones. You haven't yes. done a full transition. Yes. As in, your genitalia mm. is still there. Mm. How do you have sex and be as graphic as you'd like to be mm. with a man? Well, you have what they would see as male genitalia, and they don't know how. You wear this underwear, it, it's custom-made mukota. I'm sure you know what mukota is, right? I'm learning so much. Mokota is this underwear that is custom made. You. <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning so. Okay. Oh Mokota is it the tacking? We're going yeah, to yeah, the tacking. Yeah, story. the tacking. So yes. the tacking. You have to see to it that you do not get an erection in the process. There is this thing that you buy. Moroto, mo, 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 moroto atwin. Kim kamun fein le um sintibal. These um sintibal. Can you just tell me the ointment? These okay. are ointments, ne? Yes. The salakara container ya vicks, ne? Yes. If I want to have sex with someone that does not know, and then how can I tell the applier? Yes, I'm a chaser. Also, this guy. Because once you have a uh, once you you are a woman and you have sex with a man, you automatically gain power. Because like you are overpowering him. Man. The heat that's gonna come behind Leadership. it's going to yes. it's Okay, you you guys have lost me. Give me a moment. Okay. <laughs> Let's go to the part. Ore this thing that you keep in Vix, are you saying you are using it to suppress something in you? Yeah physically to add on the heat. So to add on the heat. Yeah so it disturbs him in the mind. Ooh. And I get to have power. So that heat is going to overwhelm him. He's not going, how about attach it to me? And to my side, if I attach it to me, I'm going to talk about the real deal. Okay, wait. Okay, let's slow down. You want to, if I understand you correctly, yes. this thing you're saying, it's 
in my mind, hormone. if I were to make it scientific, it's almost like it messes with his hormones that there's certain things he won't notice because he's yes. in another frame he's of mind. He's in another land, another world because of this heat that is... So somebody might say, so you're drugging men so they don't know. Island pussy, darling. <laughs> <laughs> no, ha, ha, why, why can somebody not say you are drugging a man, for example? I, I, I do not know if, it, if that would be a suitable, a suitable word. Because I've done that to men that I love and only got to confess after. And then my last relationship lasted because of doing that, really. Okay, so now he can't tell. You say you've tugged now, tell. you're wearing the underwear. You're not really you don't get it. With the underwear, you take it one side. Oh, and you, you see to that your genitalia is this side. Where's the penetration? Suppressed. Where does the penetration happen? When I do that, I, when, I, when I'm missionary, when I do missionary, sweetie, I'm a girl, just as much of a girl as you are. <laughs> mm. And then, what's more, what do I do? I'm coming from that thing that I apply. It's a traditional thing. Yes. It messes him up. Mm. Yeah, and then when bring it, babe. So Yes, yes, yes. And then yeah, that's how he gets to come. <laughs> okay. In the free Sis sisters. There are so many questions that happen. I just needed to, to get an understanding of what you mean because if Rapakulla, those are the things people want to know. Or how can a man say, I slept with that woman, Absolutely. but you didn't know they're trans? So what are your thoughts then on this particular part of the discussion of coming out? Should you have to tell a man or a woman that you are a trans woman? I think um, politics of consent is important. Um, I think you don't really owe it to anyone to be going around telling them that, hey, I'm a trans person. You don't see heterosexual people going around and saying, hey, I'm a cis-hat person. Um, I think the same respect should be allocated to trans persons. Um, their love should be treated the same way as you treat your heterosexual love, right? Um, it should come from me. It should come from me whether do I want to tell the person because if I'm going, if, I, if, if, I be, if I'll be going around telling the entire world that, listen, yeah, I'm a trans person, I'm a trans person, I'm a trans person. Wow, what does that even mean, right? Because for me, then it means that, wow, so Katie, you're doing so much hard work that you can't even know where to draw the line with yourself, with your mental health. And you don't, you can't, you don't even know who to just, you know, um, establish as these are the most deserving people to know about my transness mm. and its identity politics. You know, don't go around telling people your truth. You don't owe it to anyone. You owe it to people that are there for you. I am here for people who are here for me. Mm. If you are here for me and I really genuinely love you and I feel like, mm. you know, my heart is actually really in relation with you, I'm going to sit you down and have a conversation with you, a very personal and, and a political conversation that speaks on my lived experience. Mm. Mm. I cannot be expected to be telling every... So, so, so you, you disagree with what yeah. she's saying? No, so I beg to differ with me. Mm. I feel like I'm proud of what I am. Mm. Yeah, and not everyone can be like this. So many people are closeted. So many people yeah. that are men are still married with, are married to women and their kids running around and they can't be transgender. I, they um, can't yeah. admit to being trans, transgender, you know. The fact that I'm here wearing a weave, mm. the fact that I'm here on, in stilettos mm. just means a lot. I, can I actually take out so many people out of the closet. So mm. I'm proud and I feel like 
it's necessary for me to go tell you people that I'm a transgender, mm. I'm a transgender, I'm a transgender. So they know the people, the person that I live. Um, absolutely, absolutely. Um, to know my, to like, I absolutely share similar sentiments with you, right? I'm speaking to um, politics of consent. Hence, I restate from the answer to say that, um, like, it's important to ask for consent. The same way you're going to be asking, oh, I expect you to ask me, here's your getty, or hey, which pronoun do you do, do you do expect, or which pronoun do you prefer for me to refer to you, to you as? And I will politely tell you that it's she or they, right? Mm. I'm speaking to that element to say that as trans person, we also are deserving of, you know, respect. So if, if I understand the, bo the both of you correctly, because I almost feel like you're saying the same thing, is that you are, are, are saying it on your absolutely. own terms. So for you thing. personally, you don't need yeah. for an intimate space to happen to say. You're out and you feel like you are comfortable. And mm. for you, your your messaging is simply that. Yeah. Don't tell because you feel like you should. Just because Tolang is busy. And I've got out. my personal experiences yes. with not telling. Mm. Like if you watch my show, I've lost a man that I really love. Mm. Even though he came back, honey, because I'm this hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because of not telling him, it, it, it can do harm to you. It can yeah. harm you in a way. Because a man would come to you looking at a girl, mm. planning a future, being futuristic with the two of you, and then it turns out you're not, you're not what he expected you to be. Mm. And then he gets to be contempt towards you. Mm. And then, you know, you lose him. And also Murad. So, uh, so let me do this. because I mean, I, but I, also, but, uh, but, but mm -hmm. understanding... I think I think we really need to understand like representation, right? To learn, um, it's extremely important that as 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 as, as a community we understand that people must express themselves the, the best way they can. Mm. Right? There's, there's something we call self preserve. There's the people that really just want to preserve. There are people that there's something we also call stealth. You know, a process where people just don't want to like even have to come out, don't want to be clocked, don't want to be outed because they know that that comes with a form of violence, right? But there are people that just don't want to like be clocked, right? Mm. Because it's not just because they want to be clocked as a trans person, but they just want to remain, you know, unclocked just for their sanity. Mm. For, other, for another person treating it differently, another person would prefer and to say that I'm outly proud and I'm, I'm unapologetically black, rural trans woman. I'm definitely that. I take up space every day. My body takes up space. How I look takes up space. But I think it's extremely important to know where to draw the line as a person, as a trans person, to say that my politics of enoughness, this is where it's going to be enough. This is where so, I'm going to draw the so line. So let me, let me do Not this, ladies. I mean, I, I, it would be an injustice to try and skirt over the number of issues that come with this discussion. I mean, there's the part of the consent, there's the mental health, there's the violence, there's the support systems. We haven't even touched on the concept of reproduction, wanting to be parents. So I'm going to propose that at some point we revisit the discussion again because it is part of a much bigger discussion. There's so much more we can unpack. And I think this is just a good starting point that at least if we're saying we're opening it up for questions to be asked let's not let any question be uncomfortable let's not yeah. let questions that might be innocent um, not be answered because they feel offensive mm. you know um, and and for me yeah. the main thing I'm trying to do with this platform is to ask those questions that are uncomfortable to ask and hope that it's not just a safe space for myself to do so, but it's also a safe space for you to be able to to come with your truth. So 
Final words uh, from yourself, Sio Power, on the subject. What are your thoughts just to wrap up and what do you want South Africans and the world over to know? I want to tell the little rural trans child trapped somewhere in Bukonibupiri, in the Northern Cape, in the Free State, in Eastern Cape, that it does get better and that your mess always creates a message. It's your message that will eventually become who you are. And understanding that not you're not going to be pleasing everyone. Your body is a revolutionary act. Understanding that your body is a political warfare. Understanding that personal is political and definitely, definitely, you are beautiful, you are brave, you are powerful. Thank you so, so much, uh, Seal, for joining us in this conversation. I really appreciate your Thank honesty. You so and um, I, I know that we will get an opportunity to talk further about um, something that obviously is difficult for you to speak about now. And I, I hope that this conversation can make those necessary changes in people's minds. If, even if they don't agree, but at least they can get the information and make a, a dis, an informed decision on what their views are. Thank you so, so much. Absolutely. I appreciate you too, Lang. You're absolutely beautiful. Take of your heart. And yeah, like trans magic all the time. I love you. <laughs> love you, man. <laughs> Talang, the time is never enough. This is such a deep, complex discussion. Mm -hmm. And today we've only discussed two people's journeys, which we didn't even complete. But before I ask you for a final word, do you want to be a mother one day? And do you feel that being a woman, um, you feel robbed of a maternal opportunity? In a way, I would like to call myself stolid because I never got to research enough before getting before being in hormonal treatment. Ne? Mm. They were supposed to have taken out the sperm mm. while I was not on hormones. Mm. Like I was supposed to freeze it. Mm. So, mm. so I, I never knew about that until later. So, so what does that mean? It means that the hormones killed they, yeah, they, your sperm? They killed, yeah, they killed your, your, the capacity of making a baby in a sperm. And I'm, wow. I'm so disappointed in myself. But I, I'm so ready now for motherhood. I can always adopt. It's fine. Mm. I'm ready now for motherhood. I'm ready now for motherhood. Mm. And especially if it has to be a girl. Like, I want a baby girl so mm. much. I think I'm even learning because I didn't know hormone treatment um, could kill the sperm cells. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even think to myself, actually, if you want the same DNA, that this is what you can do prior. And I guess mm -hmm. it comes back to the whole uh, discussion around the education and the knowledge. And I, I hope that we do get an opportunity to unpack this a little bit more. But I just love the fact that you live your truth so loudly and brightly. And I know there are individuals who feel like, why must it be so bold? But mm -hmm. it's almost like, I feel like you are living for a hundred other transgender girls who can't, if, if that makes sense. Yes, that yes. It must be loud, it must be bold, and at, at one point mm. we'll reach an opportunity where it's so normalized mm. that it's not going to be a big deal. It's just going to be like, okay, and keep it moving on. Final words for everybody that's watching. Uh, please see to it that you always live your truth. 
people are going to talk whether you're a president or a prisoner. So if you're going to live to please people, you're not, you, you're not make, you're going to make any progress. You're going to keep regressing, if anything. So if you're a transgender, please live it out loud. If you were gay, LGBTI, live it out loud, because at the end of the day, the people that are going to be gossiping about you, sweetie, aren't going to pay your bills. Is there anything else for me to say to that? <laughs> Not at all, Talang. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I I feel enriched by this conversation. And, and then I realized, wow, we this this discussion could be its own series on its own. But I hope <laughs> we can revisit it. Keep doing the great work that you are doing. Please connect with the two ladies on social media. We'll make sure we put their details, ask the questions, and hopefully we are able to change someone's life. But thank you so much for joining us on Unpacked with myself, Philip Khilema, just signing out. Next week on Unpacked. Because I'm an exotic dancer. So you're a sex worker? No. We strippers, our main focus is to sell a fantasy, not sex. $10 million is on the table for sex with a woman. You take it. with Rilebukhile Maboja. New episodes weekdays at 5.30pm on my YouTube page. Don't forget to subscribe. Television edited broadcast weekdays at 5pm. Open up with S3.